outside because also in Austria it has around 35 degrees and it's it will be one of the hottest weeks of the year and probably the last really hot week this year in, in Austria in summer really? because after Sunday it's going down for 10 degrees and then we have around 25 and then it continuously starts declining. How much insight do you have in the weather department and all the things that Actually, if I want to have a lot, because I'm sitting like 20 seconds away from the um, like weather team. So if I have, like, for example, my my holiday trips, if I plan them, I always go to the weather and say, hi, guys, I have a question. <laughs> How's the weather in, I don't know, XY in two weeks? And they were like, we will have a look. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, we'll have like probably... This and that degrees, and would probably rain on Thursday. And I was like, "Oh no, fuck it!" Or, "Oh no, that's very great." <laughs> some some stuff like that, but not. It's not like that. I always do it because then they get annoyed. Actually, <laughs> um, of course, understandably, and yeah. But sometimes I'm I'm trying to find out. So, what's the weather will be? Ah, that actually uh, makes me think of a lot of questions. But for everyone who doesn't know you, can you give a quick introduction of who you are and what you do? So my name is Lawrence. That's like my. You can also call me Lolo. It's easier. That's my, like my, my name. The name I got in school, and we also <laughs> we know each other from school because we went to in Graz together, um, to gymnasium for eight years. So not in the same class, but in the like next class. I was in the A class. You were in the C <laughs> class. Not because of our different levels, but because the schools in Austria they have like. A1, A, A, B, A, A, 1A, 2B, et cetera, et cetera. And you were like, in the end, you were, I think, 8C and I was yeah. 8A. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know. And I, um, for many years, I did judo as a professional sport. So that was like my, like my first big thing next to, next to school was doing a lot of sports. And I know that you also did some judo <laughs> and also one of your sister or both of your yeah. sisters. One of your sisters, yeah. Same. One of your sisters, right. Not not both of them. And yeah, that's uh, I did that for around... So I started when I was five and I did it for, yeah, I'm probably 21 years. He's still um, doing it, right? Like he's, he's he, old sometimes. Old. Sometimes I fight in the Bundesliga, but yeah. just occasionally... And just if my coach calls me and says, could you fight for us in one month? And I will be like, I could, but I don't want to. But yeah, probably I will. <laughs> it's always the same call. But yeah, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's just, uh, yeah, like, yeah, could be better. Yeah. Especially when you remember what you were able to do when you still were at the professional level. Yeah. But I think that's the same the same thing in every part of our life. Sometimes we are very good at something and then we tend to focus on something else and we lose the focus on the other things and then you like you lose the abilities you had yeah. before and the other stuff. And after a few years you you come back to it or you see it again and then you're like, mm, I was good at that, but now I'm like mediocre or <laughs> yeah. what else? Whatever you see in it. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the question was, what, what, who am I? Um, yes, and after that, probably that's why you are interviewing me, um, because I work for the um, Austrian Broadcasting Corporation, which is called ORF, 
um, he's here in Austria. Um, like when you used to live in Austria, Jürgen, you probably also um, watched some of our like news. Um, yeah, certainly. On television or probably I mean, like, something it, like that. Like growing up every day at 7.30 p.m., <laughs> where my parents and yeah. my sisters and I would gather around the TV and watch the news because that was the only way to get the news yeah. before the internet <laughs> was around. And, and actually, it, it still stick, stuck uh, up to this day. Like my mom, like we had a discussion, discussion about that recently when mm -hmm. I was visiting her. And she said like, yeah, it's still like... At 7.30, not every day, but so many days a week, she sits down and watches the news. And then, like, now sometimes she watches it online. She can't make it. But it's still, like, this, Ooh, it's just this modern mom, Modern, modern day mom. mom. That's actually <laughs> what I started doing, like, sometimes when I was abroad and I really wanted to, or we had the, the need to stay up to date what's happening in Austria. In the mornings, like, for breakfast, I would, I would watch uh, the evening news. Which was kind of fun. Like, honestly, it changed. I feel like it changed a lot since since OFAT is. Probably. Like, I mean, I don't have, like, this special insight, which I have right now. Yeah. Um, I didn't have it before. Yeah. Like, like, 10 or 15 years ago. But what I know, or as far as I know, it changed a lot, yes. Yeah. But I think everything changed a lot. It's, <laughs> that's not like... Uh, Big wise thing to say. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. Uh, and now you're in radio, right? Like, uh... Right, I don't work in television, I, I work in radio. So mm -hmm. I did a trainee program at the ORF for one year, around like, yeah, 12 months. And I had two stations um, in television. One was the ZIP you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So worked for the, for the politic um, um, part of the news. Um, so I did stuff like interviews with politicians and, mm -hmm. and went to press conferences, etc. And yeah, now I'm working for, for the radio. Um, so I'm doing the radio news. So you can, if you're lucky and you tune in on at the right time, you can maybe hear me. <laughs> <laughs> so like today I had an early shift. Okay. Uh, I really love my job. The only thing I hate about it is the the working time. So, for example, today I had to get up at 3.15 in the morning and I have to do the same tomorrow <laughs> mm. because we start working at 4 and we have our first news at 5. So, yeah, that's probably the, the shitty part about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's tough hours. And especially if it's different from day to day, right? Like the, the yes, change. It, it, yeah, it completely changes. That's it's also very hard for your um um for your rhythm, for your yeah. inner body rhythm. Um because sometimes I have the early shift and sometimes I have a day shift, sometimes yeah. I have a late shift, which goes till till short of the midnight. Um yeah, so it's not, not easy for the body to like you can't tell can't tell him you have to stay up every day at three fifteen because you have to get up Two times at three fifteen, two times at like I don't know seven or eight, and then two times you have to leave after midnight. So yeah, that's probably a little bit difficult, but I'm getting used to it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a it's a tough thing to get used to, though. Um, mm -hmm. I know a few people who work like shifts, and mm -hmm. 
like when they switched out of the job, like their life quality just improved dramatically, even after like five years or six, seven years of, of working shifts. Uh, I guess you can only get used to it so much, right? Like it's, the, you can you get used to like the attitude and the doing it, like the mental side, like your body. Yeah. I guess that's, that's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, I try to like make myself a plan because when I get my schedule for the month, yeah. I'm I'm looking at it and then I'm trying to make a plan and I'm um, holding it next to my like private dates like if I have like a party or um, like dinner or something coming up and then I will know okay I have for example if I have an early shift and I meet with someone I always tell them okay we have to meet um, the latest is six o'clock and I probably mm. only have time till eight eight thirty. Then I have to be at home or go home uh, because I have to get a, go to bed at around 9 o'clock, which is the yeah. latest because then I have around 6 hours, 6.30 probably to sleep. And everybody knows you don't fall asleep when you lay down in your bed, when you lie down. <laughs> yeah, You have to like wait 10, 15, 20 minutes and then you will probably sleep. Yeah. But before that, you, you're just lying there and hoping... That you fall asleep as soon as possible. <laughs> Do you operate well in six and a half hours? Um, no, it's quite interesting because I'm I'm reading a, a very good book right now. It's called um, Why We Sleep. Yeah, Matt Walker. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like that. There are so many people in the in the work world who who tend to say I only need four or five yeah. hours because yeah, I'm a I'm a great guy and I I work so much that I only can sleep five to four or um, four to five hours. And he he writes that it's like the the smallest of the smallest percentage of the yeah. world population um only needs five to six hours and can work properly and can function on the same level as someone who sleeps seven to eight hours so everybody who thinks that they can only sleep i don't know four or five hours and can function properly and 100 percent right are probably damn wrong <laughs> yeah. and i don't think that i'm one of these persons so i think i need my seven to eight hours but if, but if i don't get them i have to work with it i mean yeah. i there is no other way around yeah no i totally understand like just yesterday like came back from vacation so we arrived at home at like 1 30 in the morning mm -hmm. and i had to get up at eight today so went to bed at two a little after two so that's like less than six hours but uh, well, if you if you have a plan for your day and you can't don't have any leeway to push stuff around, you just get up and do things. But I've, I've been feeling it like all day, just like yeah. even like after a workout, like during even during a workout, just uh, just a little bit off, just a little bit harder to concentrate, a little bit harder to push. Mm. Um, still doing everything, but there is just it's just not as good as an experience like everything you do is just not as good as an experience the highs are just not as high mm. as if i would have had my eight actually more like usually eight and a half is is where i feel like really comfortable mm. really, like, when do well you normally go to bed uh so i try now i try to get up at seven so i try to start my wind down at like 10 p.m Mm -hmm. And then try to hit bed somewhere between 
10. And how do you manage to switch if you like go to a party or go to to a dinner and you stay out till 11 or maybe 12 or or maybe one o'clock? Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I guess I have two strategies that do somewhat work. One is still to get up at seven because if I get up at eight, like on a, like a usual, just like one interruption in a week, I don't really feel like I'm gaining much, especially if I got to bed. Let, let's say I went got to bed at like 2 a.m. And then I, I get up at eight instead of at seven. It really has like a, a big significant, like makes a big difference. Like tonight, for example, was like the last couple of days I wasn't was on vacation, so I didn't get up at, at seven either. But if it's just uh, like a one day occurrence, it doesn't really make a difference. So I try to still get up at seven and then rather take a nap in between. Like ideally, 90 minutes would be ideal. But when do you actually have 90 minutes in your day yeah. <laughs> to just lie down? Uh, so somewhere with like 45 and 60 minutes. And that actually helps. Or otherwise, if I really don't have anything major, on the next day and I get to go to bed mm -hmm. like after midnight or let's say after 1 a.m. I really try to push it back like 10 a.m. But that's like, I don't know, like when I get up three hours after or like, yeah, just long after I usually start my day, like my day is just off. Because I just feel like with the first thing I do usually is go outside mm -hmm. and get some sunlight <laughs> because it really helps me. It's different. Like three hours later, it's just completely different for your body. So you lost um, your most important hours, probably. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it's really it's it's an issue. So social life, I try to be more better about. Like as you said, like you just meet earlier. You just mm. don't meet at yeah. nine p.m. or something. Um, just have to have to adapt. And actually, soon I want to switch to six a.m. Because oh, okay. uh, when school starts again, I want to do. Uh, Stanford has some free sports classes, and one of them is Thai boxing, and it's at six thirty in the morning, three times a week. Okay, so so you have to get up at six. I have to get up at six. Yeah, <laughs> let's see how that yeah. goes. I try to say it as often as possible on record. Yeah, so if you speak afterwards... it out loud, it will happen. That's, that's the point. <laughs> You're <laughs> just tell it. Just tell it to to as many people as possible, and you have to do it because otherwise exactly. everyone will ask, "How's your Thai class going?" And you were like, "Ah, I didn't make it." And we're like, "Why, Jürgen? Why?" And we're like, exactly, mm. exactly. <laughs> so you have to tell everybody, and everybody will ask you, and you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, like fail publicly. That's uh, yeah. that's the best kind of learning. Uh, no, so that's also where I where I shift to seven now. And honestly, I, I feel a lot better like getting up in the morning and going outside just the morning hours they're really beautiful the first they hour are. i try not to look at any screens because of just my eyes don't respond well to to screens early on so just go on a walk or go on a run um and then do some stretching that usually works best yeah huh. but, but like if you have different shifts like how do you do you just get up get ready go to work or do you have anything to depends i mean if i have an early shift like today or tomorrow yes i i mm. get up 30 minutes before um the taxi arrives because at 3 15 oh, i need sure around yeah, yeah normally i need around 30 to 35 minutes with by bus and by sub um to my to, to work yeah um but at 3 15 there is no 
um, sub or bus, maybe some night buses, but it will take me, I think, 70 to 80 minutes because you have to wait so long and then you have to get to a different station because there's only a night station, blah, blah, etc., etc. <laughs> and so I have to um, go by taxi. Um, so I get up around 3.15, then the taxi arrives at 3.45. Hmm. Um, I get in immediately, then we drive. In the morning, there's no traffic, so that's the good thing. We only need around 15 minutes um, to the ORF. And yeah, then I'm there like a few minutes after four and then I can start start the day. I call it <laughs> under some signs because it's not really day, it's still night, but <laughs> I start my day during night probably. <laughs> how many people are working? Like how many people are in the building? Like excluding um like security custodians and security. Yeah, like yeah. the actual employed people and in the news or like in OIF, mm. like who's working at three? I would say, I mean, at at that time, at around between four and five, there are only some, I think it, there is one person from the weather team. Um, there are a few persons from Ö1, which is okay. the ORF has different radio stations. And then most of the um, people who are there are from my part of of the ORF, which is called mm -hmm. the news desk. We mm -hmm. are making like the radio news. And then after, after like maybe, or after, at around six o'clock or maybe seven o'clock, um, the first people from like six o'clock, the first people from television arrive, okay. maybe a little bit earlier. And then they start to um, work on the first morning um, news. But for me, if they come in, I have like already finished a few hours of working. <laughs> it, it's always very funny because you see them walking in, they're all very tired, of course, because it's still early, because they also have to get up at like, I don't know, five o'clock maybe. But I already got up two hours earlier and then I, I see them tired and I'm like, I'm still awake. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there are not many people working there at that time. Like you said, only a few security guys and um, most of the people from the radio because radio has their um, prime time in the morning and in the True. rise of the day and television tends to become stronger in the evening. Like um, after six o'clock, when the people come home from work, they turn on the televisions. It still works like that, even though we don't think about it like that, because we all used to like going to Netflix whenever we yeah. want to, or watching someone on Disney Plus. Just yeah. like I, I couldn't care less if I watch it at ten in the morning or ten in the evening. But yeah. there are still many people who watch television in the evening. Yeah. So if like all the Netflix and like everything like basically available on the internet on demand how would you call the other things just like live shows or like live i have to admit that i don't know it exactly <laughs> how it's called in english but okay. um in in german you just you have like um um which we, we also say on demand it's mm -hmm. I, I don't think there is or i'm right now i can't grab the the like maybe right word for it in german but the other, like the normal television, is more like lineares Fernsehen. 
Linear. Maybe linear or linear, linear television, but I don't indeed. know if that's the right English word for it. Okay. I'm no, I'm, I'm not the native speaker, so yeah. Maybe you no. should know it. You're the Austrian guy who lives in America. Tell yeah. me, Jürgen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. Uh, so okay. Next time I know. Okay. Yeah. So how many? Like, okay, you, you told me that not that many people are are in the but office. How many exactly? In the morning, but how how many people are there in total? Like, how many people are working for the wife? Like in like in, 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 in Austria or in Vienna or like in Vienna, country? yeah. Like what is like how many people would be in your office if you would have like an all hands meeting? Oh um I think around I hope that I don't get the numbers wrong, but I think around nine hundred, like in the whole Damn. building. Okay. But everybody would have to be there. And I don't yeah. think that there would be enough place because like not everybody's working on the same day. And yeah. if you have a team, everybody, some people have their day off because you yeah. don't need everybody to be there to work for the system, which yeah. makes sense because you always have to shift people. And some people are working 60%, some people are working 100%. So it always depends. But if everybody would gather around for a party or I don't know, whatever, probably 900 just in Vienna. I hope that I don't mix the numbers up. So if I, if I, if I like can recheck it afterwards and I, I hear that it was a wrong number, I will tell you. Okay. And it's like about like three quarters of that are journalists and like one quarter administrative stuff or what would you estimate that be? This is this is a, a fact. I don't know. Okay. I mean, most of them are journalists yeah. um, in television, in in in, in the radio. Um, some work for the online content for ORF yeah. News. Some work for yeah. There are also very di many different parts in television because we have the news, we have magazines, we have sports, we have um, um, like culture and everything, like music and that stuff. Um, so there are many different parts and they are working many different people. Um, the same goes for, um, for the radio and for, for the online part. You know, it, it's very difficult to tell you exactly because there are so many people and it's such a big um, company, um, I mean, in the news sector. Of course, if you compare it to the um, to the economy in some place, and you have like these big consulting um, firms, and they probably also have a few thousand um, employees. But if you compare it to the news sector in Austria, it's a very it's a it's a it's a big company, oh, and that's huge. why I can't tell you for sure yeah. um, the numbers of who's working where and yeah. how many people there would be. Yeah. I mean, it was more like as an as an estimate of just like so people can imagine w how mm -hmm. big uh, that might be. So, like you you mentioned earlier that when you when you uh, are on shift, that the weather people aren't too far away. Like whenever I think of radio, or whenever I listen to radio, and like several people are are talking, I always picture that the kind of like the 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 main person, like the host, the current or whoever is like hosting yeah. the show right now. That they are just like sitting around some soundboard in front of a microphone and just uh, talk a bit and then hit mute and put in the next track or the next track goes on. And then when, like for example, someone comes at the end of the new show or says something about the weather, 
that they kind of just join them in the room, sit down, because it always <laughs> sounds like they talk kind of like with each other, yeah. like they're looking at each other. But that's, am I completely off or is that somewhere? I mean, it's right? not, you're not completely off, but it's, 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 it's also not, not, not quite right. Um, okay. I think many of us, like when we were children and when we were listening to the radio, many of us probably thought when there was music playing that every band is going in the studio or going to the microphone and singing and playing to their song. And then they just went out and then the other band came in and played the next song. So I, I had a few friends who thought about that. Um, Oh, that's it's, that's it's, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were kids, of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, but how it works is um, the radio has like um, it's called uh, a clock. I mean, it's mm -hmm. called a clock. It's it, it's a clock, and inside this clock you have different like fields or or watch it as a pie. It's like a round pie, and you have some pieces of it, and every piece has is a is part of of the hour. So, for example, let's take the hour 7 to 8. It's 60 minutes, so you have 60 minutes time. And every piece is, um, or every piece are a few minutes of the 60 minutes. And you have to plan. And that's also when there is a part of the team who's just there for planning something. They plan the hour in advance. So they're like, okay, we have 7 o'clock. What do we need? It's like Monday, we need... Um, this, this, this kind of music. Then there's mm -hmm. also the music team who just um, collects and um, thinks about the music and they think about when should we play this, when should we play that. Um, they also have like a very specific um, system and it's, it's like very unique. Every radio station has a very unique uh, music system um, which they are working with and because that's like the biggest thing because people listen uh, most of the time to radio because they want to hear some music and if you don't like the music you probably switch the radio station so they have to put a lot of thinking into the music and what parts they should play from it um, so the music is a big part of the like if we say from the pie from the 60 minutes mm -hmm. then you have also the news the news are normally um, at 0 0.7, 0 0.8, 0 0.9, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you have, okay, I have three or five minutes news at eight. Then I play some music and then there is probably a three to four, whatever minute window where the host has to talk. And they have to think about that in advance too. So they know, okay, when I come in, um, I normally also they have a like sidekick, it's called. There's the next person sitting to them sometimes, not always, but sometimes. For example, if you take FM4, which is also a radio station in Austria from the ORF, there is also the English-speaking host, yeah. and you have also the German-speaking sidekick. And they are working together. So they have, after the news and after the um, uh, music, th this is just an example. So it's not like the exact radio hour I'm giving you right now, it's just how it could work. It probably depends on the day, it depends on the person who's planning. There's also a little difference between the hours, so it's not always news, music, talking, news, music, talking. It depends, but it's just like an easy example for me. Um, so you have the news, you have the music, and then there's this like four-minute window. 
And they have to plan it before, okay, what are we talking about today? And they are talking with each other, like, okay, we have to write something, which takes us around four minutes to talk about. It would be like if we have talked before this interview and we have said, okay, we have exactly 60 minutes. How can we fit everything we want to discuss into these 60 minutes? And of course, it's way harder to predict 60 minutes because it's a way longer time, but for three or four minutes is possible. We also have programs in radio when you can write a few sentences. This um, program shows you um, how long would it take to read out the sentences loud. So if mm -hmm. I write like 20 sentences, I know, okay, it takes me around, I don't know, one minute and a half. <laughs> and that's what they are doing. They are some are sitting, some are standing, like you said, <laughs> in front of the microphone. And when the music's over, they are opening their microphone and they're talking. And they have like their script or like their bullet points and they know how much time they have left. And when the clock is ticking and they have a few hours, le a few seconds left, the host will be like, all right, um, next song's coming up, whatever. And then they play the music. It's, it's like that in a very simple way explained. Of course, it's way more, um, there are way more details in it and everything, but in a, like, around, all around way, it could be explained like that. Mm, gotcha. So is it, so that you have, like, the predetermined slots, like, for example, you know, at 10.05, you want to play that song or those mm -hmm. next three songs are already in the pipeline, but you have like a segment of like two minutes or three minutes where you say a little bit as a host. And then I, is it like super important that it's like on the second or is it like a wiggle room and it just hits play and then the music comes or how do you feel time in between? I'm always like curious about like, sometimes they cut um, down songs a little earlier. Sometimes of course, they, if they have to, they cut down songs so you can fade them yeah. out. I mean, it's less, it's yeah. like the same with mixing. If you're a DJ, yeah. sometimes you, you, you realize, okay, I haven't got that much time left and I want to play this song and that song. So yeah. you fade out the other song before it's really over and you play in some other song. And that's the same they could do. They just fade out the song and say, that was, I don't know, Eminem with Lose Yourself. And we are talking about, I don't know, the climate change now. Yeah. And then they are talking for three or four minutes or how much time they've got. This mm -hmm. really depends on the show because the radio program is filled normally from five or six in the morning to, yeah, sometimes midnight, one o'clock at night. And then there is normally a short window between one and four or five in the morning where it's like okay. nothing, where there's only... Um, Ö3 is the only radio station um, for the ORF, which is working 24 hours. Yeah. So they also have program at night, during the whole night, also the news. They also have news between midnight and five o'clock in the morning. But yeah, what, what was the exact question again? <laughs> so like how much, how much uh, wiggle room do you have in between those segments? Like uh, how how precise do you have to be when it comes to estimating how long the, you're going to talk? Like you're still like the host is, is still the person hitting record or is it like a time yes. is like locked in time? No, 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 no. Okay. The, the host is the person gotcha. hitting, hitting the buttons. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
the problem is um, the more time you lose in the beginning of the day, um, uh, the harder if you don't like keep keep up to it or you like um, get the minutes or the seconds in again, the harder it will get um, um, at the later programs because they also have a plan and they know, okay, when I start my my program at, I don't know, 12 o'clock, and but the program is already like two or three minutes delayed because they they did something wrong or they played the song for too long and then they had to play the advertisement and they lost track or whatever. Then they yeah they have to like get it in. Of course, there are the news and the news are always at at point like at eleven yeah. at twelve. So there's yeah. no no going around if the song is just started playing and it's right before mid uh for before 12 o'clock they just cut the song and say all right we'll come into the news there's no no way around so there's no okay we play the news at 12 minutes (laughs) at 12 o'clock in three minutes no they have to play the the news at 12 o'clock that makes a lot of sense okay okay now whenever because like in the i I don't listen to radio often but when Mm -hmm. i'm in austria and at the gym they always have uh radio Antenna Steiermark running, yeah. and wow, the the quality of the of the shows really differ heavily. Um, like, but Antenna Steiermark isn't isn't ORF. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Like <laughs> that, I'm aware of. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, I always wondered like how certain things, like when you feel like something is off because they, for example, cut the song in half or stuff like that, like how it actually comes to be. And, uh, well, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, True. it's like, it's everyday things, right? Radio is everyday stuff, but you have no idea. If you've never been to a radio studio, if you never talk to someone who works in radio, like, uh, you would never know. Mm. But isn't that like, like in with, with most of the things, for example, yeah. I, I have many friends who work as lawyers or they work as, I don't know, they're construction builders, whatever, that it could be anything. And of course, I have an idea in my mind what they are doing. And of um, I picture them like on, I don't know, um, a place where they like yelling at some people and tell them, okay, you have to get this brick over there <laughs> and this house has to be ready in like in two weeks, something like that. But if I would stand next to them when they are working, I would probably get the right picture and we would be like, oh, okay, it's probably way different than I thought because I, I've i never got a more into detail with their work because you don't have the time and if you have the time, you use it for something else or things you really enjoy doing or you want to get better at it like you told me before that you want to do um, Muay Thai so yeah. you probably won't um, like if you have free time skip the Muay Thai class just because you want to Gonna shadow get to know more about radio which is perfectly yeah. fine and I understand that but I think that's the that's the whole point you I mean, can't know everything about everyone and every part true well, I'm a curious person. I love to have those conversations yeah, about good. what people yeah. are doing. And this podcast is a perfect opportunity for it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, really gives me the opportunity to get to ask people those questions. <laughs> but that's also a good point. Maybe sh- someone should interview you sometime because maybe many people don't know how 
does a podcast work? How、mm. do you prepare for your interviews? How do you、um, pick out the people you want to interview?、Um, are you sitting in your room? Are you standing in your room? Are you whatever? Like so many questions. <laughs> Depends on the room. You you could be asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, one hundred percent. Yeah, like first of、yeah. all, I try not to see it as interviews,、mm-hmm. but as conversations. Obviously, given that I'm hosting the show. There is, especially like there, there's like an intent coming from my side because why otherwise invite that person into your show? But I、mm-hmm. try not to see it as much as like、um, sitting down asking my questions. Then it's over because、mm-hmm. this is actually like the, the main point why I love long form podcasting so much because you get to have those conversations that just run anywhere. And it's not for everybody. Like some people just like on point information, hearing that, and then being done with it. But I really love long form that just doesn't have one exact purpose and nothing else. But it just goes broad into many possible directions, and that's also what I'm trying to foster here. There is a I forgot the name, but there is a、um, uh, a German. Podcast like video cast, I think. I think、Alles、they、gesagt? also do it on video. Huh? Alles gesagt. I think so. Yes, and they、yeah. do like sometimes they have、Unlimited. interviews around six to nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They.、Uh, so I never listened to a full episode actually, but I remember that、yeah. I once. Damn, what is his name?、Uh, he's like a super. Um. Like famous technologist in Germany, like he's quite young. Man, really should. Damn. Wait, give me a second. Let me look up his name. He runs. He runs a search engine called U. dot com. Ah,、uh, that's Richard Zocher, exactly.、Mm-hmm. And he, like, he talks very well. Like he's really versed keynote speaker. He did his PhD in in natural language processing at Stanford with like one of the. Most famous professors doing like text analysis and modeling, like all the stuff that's kind of behind like ChatGPT right now, and he has a lot to say about a lot of topics. Pretty smart person, and they invited him to Alice Gazak. I think they talked for eighteen hours or sixteen hours. Eighteen hours? Yeah, it's it's completely bonkers. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little, but looking looking up, <laughs> crazy. It it was it was completely. Bonkers. Okay, no, sorry, that was that was too much. No worries.、That's、It's also an interesting eight, topic. Eight and eight hours seventeen minutes. But still, that, yeah, that's a long time. That's a, sit、oh、down with、God. some of your friends and talk for eight hours. <laughs> yeah,、uh, I think you will probably after eight hours as long as much as you love them, you will probably got a little sick of them if you just sit eight hours in front of them and talk with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's、uh, that you. You can really pack a lot of stuff into into eight hours. And but I, I remember there was like one episode, at least. Well, maybe not.、Um, but long form, just because you have so many opportunities, right? Like you can really yeah, re- really do a lot of stuff. That's I mean, that's like the main critique point. I feel like that podcasters or maybe journalists that do a podcast. Um, half about the traditional mainstream journalism because you are on the clock. Like as you said, like you have segments that have like exact duration, and then they're gonna be cut together to fit more in because people don't want to hear 
two-hour segments on radio. So really what True. radio is for. So you, you don't get to have that as easily. I mean, there are cool shows that try to have like long conversations, like what is it called uh, in in Utrai, uh, is it yeah, like for example, where she really sits down and has those, what is it, like 10 minute sure. segments and like some music yeah. in between. Once a week, talking with yeah. like a famous or yeah, trending person. Yeah. Something a bit different. Yeah. Did you, like when you, because you were, you were mentioning that like growing up and your the image some people you know might have had of how radio works. Like when yeah. you were a kid, did you <laughs> yeah. always want to become a journalist? Or when did that start? Mm, I can't tell. I mean I I mean that's probably um people who work in television or radio would always say it's like I always like talking <laughs> and it's probably like your mom would tell your friend and um, her friends when they ask her about how was your son and when he was young and your mom would be like, he talked a lot. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, probably true. Um, but I probably was that type of, of kid. And I always talked a lot. I always loved to entertain people. In, in, in different ways. Sometimes it worked, sometimes not. <laughs> like like always, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Um, and I don't know when this manifested, but I I really wanted to... to and it's still um, to that day that, um, that sticks to me, I, I really wanted to have my own like late night show because um, I always also love yeah. to, to interview people, but not in a a strict way, like you have to be very formal and be like, oh, nice to meet you in just a very friendly, open way with interesting people. You can also make fun with them and also probably about them. Yeah. That would be also important. So people who who can see, I don't know if that, that's the right expression in English, but can see over it. They, they, they stand over it. If you make fun of them, they're not like, mm, mm, I don't like that. They're like, yeah, of course. I make fun of you. You can make fun of me. And like, like in that way, that's why I always wanted to work in television because when I was at school, there was, of course, there was social media. We had some, when I was, when we grew up, we had Snapchat um, became big. I think when we was in, when we were in the fifth class, then yeah. we had, I think we started with WhatsApp, then there was a little bit of Instagram, of course, YouTube, but it wasn't the like vlogging YouTube part. It was more mm. like the some people film something cool and then they post it on the internet. Yeah. And, and gamers. Yeah. Then after, after, yeah, I think right after school, it started when the this whole wine thing blew up and people uploaded videos of them like with sketches and and flogging and then they started to doing interviews and um then there was i don't know if that's just in in my in my point of my in my point of view maybe someone yeah. else saw it completely different but for me it was there was like a switching point and then everybody could go viral on the internet just because they did something they had an interview they had like a talk with someone and I don't know. That's I started with the with the thought of of going into television because mm -hmm. I knew if I want to have like a late night show, I have to go to television. 
but that's it's like a very not very deta detailed dream if you're young you always tend to have like this big circle before you and if someone would ask you some more detailed questions you probably or i would probably haven't been able to answer them correctly if someone said okay but why do you want to do that or what exactly do you want to do with that late night show would probably have just said yeah i'm not sure i just want to have it and that was also probably changed a lot in the last years because I also, the last years, I wanted to work in television. Mm -hmm. And then I came to the radio and then I realized that I really like it. And I probably, if you have would have asked me two or three years ago, would you like to work um, in the radio and not in television? I would probably have said no. But that changed completely and I really like it. And... Yeah, it's. Um, I also sometimes work in television when I when I commentate for for judo Sports. because we also yeah. we also stream judo in in ORF and and, and I commentate that. Um, but that's also behind the microphone and not in front of it. Yeah, and I think the older I get, the less I want to be in front of the camera. It's not a problem really? for me if I am. It's not like that I'm I, I'm not willing to do it. And if I do it, I like it. But it's not like like five years ago that I wanted to be in front of the camera. Now I'm totally fine with not being in front of the camera. Interesting. What what changed? I have no idea. Maybe it's that's like a diff difficult question because maybe I come from judo, and judo is a um, a single sport. Means you can only rely on yourself. And what many people tend to do when they do a sport like that um, professionally, and I also did that, and I know many people who who are still doing it. They tend to become very egocentric, like they focus a lot on themselves. Of course, mm -hmm. they have to, because if you want to be good, you have to put most of your focus on yourself. But um, the further I got away from judo, the more I realized it's not not everything is about you, and you have to you have to realize that. And it it sometimes it takes a long time to to realize, but it got better and better. And then you also realize there is so much more to do if you don't focus so much on, on yourself. And probably that was the point because if you um, are not in front of the camera, even though you're like doing most of the job behind the camera, you're organizing everything, you're putting the content out, you're whatever, you're planning everything. Um, the whole um, view of all the listeners and viewers and everything is the per gets the person who's sitting in front of the camera not the person who's sitting behind the camera and probably that was for me um a good thing to learn that it's not for me for me it's not that important anymore of course there would be many people out there who are saying oh, well, what is he talking about of course it's important that could be true if it's like important for you that's good but for me, it's not that important anymore. Let's just say I still like it. I still do it if I is like there any chance or any reason to do it. But it's not like that. I 
fight for it with 100%. Uh, so it's not a must have, but it's no. a good to have. It's a good to have, yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, it's a good to have. I would, I would, um, I would lie if I if I say I I would never do it. Yeah, of course that would be a lie. But it's a good. That's a good. Um, 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 you put it in in a good way. It's like a good to have, not a must have. A good to have. It's. I always find it interesting because we, when we are starting in our careers. Even before, like we pick our studies and then try to build this persona or this picture of the life we want to live in the next couple of years, and like set goals and go after them. Tushi, like, there's always like a shiny element, right? Like the the reason why you do it, like something mm-hmm. maybe prestigious, something that gives you status, some or some people really after money or after comfort or whatever. But there's always like this big, this big thing. I feel like the more I talk to people, especially um, of the same age, like year by year, it gets a little less, a little less strict. Let's say, like things get, like you you discover that there are so many other things that you just couldn't know at the beginning, and they're still really really of cool. Of course, yeah. Like you really broaden your view, I guess. And Which is good. Yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> I, I mean, if you know everything from the beginning, it's boring. One hundred percent. And I'm not sure. That's a, just my thought. Was right now, if I would have want to go back ten years in time and tell my younger self, like, don't be like too fixated on one thing, like because once you get close to it, you will see there are like a hundred other things that are also really really cool. Yeah. But I'm. I'm. I have to think on that if that's actually good advice because maybe then that would have taken away an edge, like the edge of like pushing a little bit more than sure. actually then made it possible. Because if you think like that, regardless of if you give 80% or 100%, you're still going to end up in a good position. That might just make that difference between giving 80 or 100%. That's true. Yeah. No, I think that's a... That's a very good point because if you if you don't have to earn something, if you just get it like on a plate and they like if you would now travel back in time ten years and just tell your yourself ten years younger, ten years younger self, okay, you have to do this and that and don't focus on that too much and everything, it's like a, like a map for your life. And otherwise you had to create the map yourself. But now you're just coming there with your map and tell yeah. them, okay, just do it like that. Everything's fine. Yeah, true. And there is a there is a good there is a good quote. I hope I don't sound too like some of these old people. Like oh, I tell you something, but there is this quote like, <laughs> um, "Tough people create easy times. Easy times create weak people. Weak people create tough times. Tough times create." Um, um, strong people and it's like it's like uh, a cycle. like a like a circle i hope i yeah. i quoted it right but it's something like that and it, it makes sense if you just like have the easiest life from the beginning on and you never have to fight for something it's maybe maybe it could also work out probably but maybe it, it doesn't who knows but yeah 
I, 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 I don't want to change it. I think it's fine. Fine as it is. Yeah, I think so too. Like, over the last couple of years, like whenever we, we saw each other and wherever we talked, I always had the impression that you were really, really grinding, just like on a lot of levels, just really going hard. I mean, what you did two studies, like you did journalism studies, you all did political science, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's where you're, yeah. what you're wrapping up right now. And then also like all the time, well, like at the beginning, especially like still doing judo, then kind of being done with it and now doing all the, the commentating. And then like now for three years, you've been doing your podcast. It's now the third year, yeah. It's now mm -hmm. the third year. I guess there's really so many things. And I always felt like you were really going hard at uh, at becoming a journalist. And as we, especially, like, I remember when you told me first that you were wanted to have like a late night show and uh, to like a comedy show on on TV. And that was really inspiring. Like, because it looked like you were, you were really set on something. And now, I mean, you are in the, in the biggest uh, journalism organization in Austria, uh, which I guess speaks for itself. But it's still like now still putting on the hours for, for the sports commentating and still like now season three of Feliz Nettumheiden. That's like mm -hmm. <laughs> great. How, how do you do it? Like, how do you get yourself to add on all those big things while also like working crazy times as we discussed earlier in your main mm. job that already offers so much? I mean, probably some people I know or who I'm friend with would say I, I don't have that much time very often, which would probably be true. Um, but I think mostly all of the things I do or I work for um, I don't see them as work. So, for example, if I if I commentate judo, it's not work for me because for me personally, it's just sitting in front of a screen and I watch the sport I did for so many years and the talking next to it, it's, it's, it's not work time for me. Of course, it's official work time for me because it's working hours and I have to be yeah. there. But... This could also be me in my living room, sitting in front of the television and watching the final block of some Grand Prix or the World Championships or the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, um, the difference is just that I like have to prepare for it, of course. I have to like look up some details, take a look who's in the final block, etc., etc. Of course, this is like maybe sometimes not the funniest part because it's a lot of details you have to fit in. It's like, like with an interview. Um, if you have 100% information, you probably can just use 10% of all the 100% during your time live on air and the night, the rest, the 90% you can kick. But you have to get the 100% at first because you never know. Like, like, um, I commentated, uh, Grand Prix on the weekend and normally a judo fight could be from five seconds to yeah normally the longest seven to eight minutes but this time we had a 15 minute break because um 
one of the guys he was no the girl one of the girls he had like a nose injury and she was bleeding very hard so they had to give her like a very good um um i don't know how to say um like painkillers or like yeah they have to fix it like and it was mm. very very difficult because you can't fix it um, over the eyes you can't fix it over the mouth because she still has uh, to breathe uh, so they had to fix it around the head and it took a very long time and in that time we had to talk and it was like 15 minutes and if you don't have prepared something up front you're like in in good words fucked <laughs> because you're just <laughs> sitting there and you don't know what to say because there is nothing nothing going on because yeah. they just filmed the people they filmed the tatami maybe they film um the other judoka but she's still stand there just standing there waiting for the other judoka to come back on the tatami so you have to talk because the people in front of the television after if you're sitting alone in your room 10 seconds isn't long but if you're sitting in front of a microphone with people listening to you 10 seconds is a long time yeah <laughs> it's like it's like 20 minutes because the people like after two or three hours no talking people will listen more just just the next time if you listen to the radio maybe you have a point where some of the host or the sidekick or whatever isn't talking for one or two seconds because she missed something or she couldn't find the information and you will realize you will like listen more closely because you will like your head will tell you what's going on why aren't they talking they should talk but they don't and that's the same but i i think i i, I drift too far away from the <laughs> original <laughs> question um no worries no yeah worries. it's no it, it's for me for me it's no work it's like the the commentating is it's no work for me i do it because i like it um because i also like to um get to know different sports um like this year in i think in january or february i commentated the junior world ice skating championships speed yeah. ice skating and i mean it was the second time because i also did it like last year but mm -hmm. i never had anything to do with speed ice skating before so before the world championships of course i had to like read a lot about the sport i listened to videos of people commentating it I talked with people I knew that they had done it before and I talked with the expert who was sitting next to me before it. Um, that's also, I, I'm just interested in it. Also just, just in sport in general. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, podcast, same, same question to you. Why are you doing the podcast? I mean, probably because you like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> super energizing. Yeah. Gives me gives me a lot of joy, gives me a lot of insights and also opportunity to connect with people. It's like on so many levels, it's a, it's time well spent. Yeah. And yeah. that's why probably I, I, I can manage the time because it's not like maybe for other people when they work, I don't know, 60 hours a week or more, they're like completely stressed and maybe they are not enjoying it because after they finish their working week, they just fell on their couch and be like, I'm completely off. Now I need one or two days off and then I have to work again 60 hours. Yeah. For me, it's like I, I, I had fun. I enjoyed it. I like had a good time commentating or whatever, or like it was fun um, filming the next 
podcast episode, whatever. Yeah. And then it's like a, like a small hobby. Like if you go to your Muay Thai class, uh, the next semester, <laughs> you will, of course, <laughs> at 6.30 in the morning. I'll, I'll start um, sharing daily selfies every yeah, day at 6.30. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I'm at the gym. I'm yeah. on the mat. And if I'm I don't the get the selfie at the right timing, I will come with like, you have to be at your Muay Thai class, Jürgen. <laughs> you missed it. It's actually time for, where you will be up because it's a nine-hour time difference. So that's like 3.30 in the afternoon for you. Okay. So I'll link you. Under the first one that I take, I'm going to link you on Instagram. Okay. That's a deal. <laughs> That's a deal. <laughs> yeah. But I hope I that, that answered the question. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, sounds to me that you're just enjoying every minute of it. So it's just, it just, it doing it itself is worth all yeah. the sacrifice, time-wise, energy-wise. And you always learn something new. I mean, probably you have the same when you record your like your your talk for the podcast with different people. Every time you learn something, maybe on a technical part because some things didn't work. Yeah. Or maybe because someone could also happen, wasn't happy with some of your questions and it was the first time you realized, oh, okay, maybe the next time I have to like be more careful with that topic, whatever. It could be so many things, but you learned something new and maybe you can like take it in your daily life and like work with it again and you have more yep. knowledge than before. 100%, especially with why I feel it's just very close or like very applicable is I try to have just good conversation here and in so many other moments in life I try to have good conversation so it's not limited to like all the learnings here and the things I'm doing are not just limited to podcasts they I can transfer them to other areas in life and that just makes it makes it a really cool thing yeah, I guess that's a, that's a, like for people who look for things they can do, like, you know, some people have time on their hands or just want to do more. They feel like they're not making use of the day or of mm -hmm. the, the stage in life they're in. But often it's hard to get started with something because there are just so many opportunities. Like you might be interested in 15 different things and they all sound appealing. But I uh, sorry sorry to, to interrupt, but I, yeah. but I think this is very important to 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 say because I I have the feeling nowadays, especially if you look at LinkedIn, for example, everybody's just posting about their success. Of course, yeah. which makes sense because you post about the things you earned or um, you earned them because you worked for it. But because of that, I think many people tend to have the feeling that they have to do way much more that they maybe are capable of mm. and i i also say i can only do that um with that much effort to put in because i really like doing it and i would never do it i would never work so many hours for different parts of my life or like my working life if i would just do it for the money or because i would have the feeling that i need to do it because there is like this big bubble um, in the social media world or on LinkedIn or wherever 
and I have to catch up with them. Yeah. And I think that's also if you, and I, I mean, probably that's like every, every healthy influencer on Instagram would be, would have this video like, okay, you have to take care of yourself and everything. <laughs> but I, but I really think that if you, if you don't have the urge to, to do it and just wanna like, whatever, like only to work 10 or 20 hours a week and you can manage to live through it and have enough money to survive. Yeah. <laughs> but let's call it that and then just do it. And maybe in one year after that, you, you will realize, oh, maybe I can do something else. Maybe it could work more or maybe it's perfectly fine. But I think there is no, no looking up to people just because they work more. Um, of course, I, I also, if someone achieves something also in sports, I know what kind of dedication that takes and I I'm I'm really looking up to these people from my perspective but I would never like be kind of the kind of person to tell other people because these or these these guys or, or girls whatever working so much um you have to be the same look up to them it's, it, I think there's so many mm, com completely different um point of views for every person that that you have to to realize that before you try to achieve something or i hope that wasn't too confusing everything i said right now i'm i'm just trying to find some words flying into my head also english isn't my like most um fluent language i i don't talk talk it that often so you're doing double great. thinking english and then so trying to find the words at first in German and then translate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. What you, what you just said that ties back to the discussion we had earlier about people saying they work so much and they only need so few hours of sleep. I feel just the same kind of, kind of story. And it's the same kind of people pushing that narrative of just like do more all the time in all areas and yeah i mean you when you look at the most quote-unquote successful people out there a lot of them will tell you that they have outworked everyone else and that's why it worked like for them and makes a lot of sense but yeah. like there are like there are so many reasons why you wouldn't want to be like them why you wouldn't want to be that person that outworked everyone else. Because you can only you can only have so many things in your life. So if you want to be the person that outworks everyone, that means your whole life is gonna be whatever you consider as work to get to the top of the mountain you pick. And that's for a lot of people it's just not a desirable life at all. No. So, and also every mountain has different heights. Yeah. You don't have to climb the Mount Everest. You can also climb the Großkjokna. Everybody yeah. who hasn't seen the Großkjokna because <laughs> we're not from Austria, look it up. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Austria's highest mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that where you went hiking two weeks ago? No, no. We went to Niederetauern, which is Niederetauern. between or in Styria and Schladming. Uh, uh, Syria and Salzburg. Salzburg. So it's, okay. um, it's like you can walk on both sides uh, in different parts of the Niederetauern. So some parts are in the Syrian part and some in the Salzburg part. So kind of like connected to the Dachstein 
area. Yes, yes, and we didn't um, go up, but you we could see the Dachstein. Yeah, gotcha. It was always very, very close. So our people even get some uh, geography lesson of the Austrian yeah. mountains and <laughs> <Yeah>. mountain regions. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so much to so much to LinkedIn and mm-hmm. and uh, how how people's lives and efforts and whatever else is perceived yeah. and communicated. Like I really, I really, I really appreciate you for being that person that just does the things that you enjoy in like for itself and not just for mm-hmm. the for the pot of gold at the end of it, because that that just says a lot, and that's also I think this is something I would like to communicate to my younger self, like finding the things that just doing them makes a lot of fun and even if there's no for a lot of people it wouldn't make sense to do that because Mm -hmm. there's maybe no big money in it considering the time right now or like for example like we're both doing podcasts and we're both not as far as I know not making a killing (laughs) off the podcast (laughs) Uh, but still like this is this is how we choose to spend our time because it's it's really cool not because we couldn't spend it any in any other way but because it's a a great thing to do and i think that's something to to really look out for um as soon as possible do you know mr beast right the youtuber of course yeah uh so everyone doesn't know mr beast he's the probably the biggest youtube He's more than a YouTuber. He really he has the biggest uh, movie studio on the east side of the US. Or maybe but I think he's studio. also the biggest YouTuber. Yeah, I mean, like the the thing is where where I'm a little hesitant with like just saying YouTuber. It's like the biggest YouTuber for a long time was like PewDiePie. PewDiePie, and he's yeah. literally just sitting in front of his webcam doing random videos and then editing yeah. them. And that's like the perspective people have from a YouTuber, right? Like one person doing stuff. Mm-hmm life blogging, blogging, commentating, whatever. But then, like with Mr. Beast, you have those major productions of just like crazy movies. And like he, I don't know if you ever listened to a interview of his or a podcast with him, but like he, like basically his approach was like when he was like 15, he found out about YouTube and he just started uploading, uploaded the video where he was gaming and discovered like someone hacking in the game. And it got a couple of thousand views. Like I think he said like 20,000 views. It was like YouTube was so small back then. It was huge. And he was just like instantly hooked. And from then on, nothing else in his life mattered. Like he almost dropped out of school. Then he pretended for two years that he was going to to college because his mom was like, either you go to college or you have to move out. So he was just like pretending he was going to college and just sitting in his car and just making videos with four other people just like being on Skype for... 18 hours a day or 16 hours a day just <laughs> making videos. And I, I find this so amazing because it's not only that he was a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid not making any money because no one was making money at YouTube. But he was just like doing it for the fun of it because there was nothing more rewarding. And this sounds so absurd to find that because there's so much coincidence 
and so many other factors involved that you actually stumble into such an opportunity. But also you have to be kind of like open-minded. Like if you're just looking for how to make the most money or how to get make things that make you look more prestigious where you can post the next time you're going partying, like you're probably shutting your eyes towards a lot of those things that you might really, really love that just don't don't look like a big payoff in a moment. And I think that's where a lot of people get get a little frustrated with life because then you have people that are just like rocking it and then sometimes it also makes them a killing and uh, they're just like frustrated with why not why not them and that's why i really like stories like the the mr beast story although it's like mm. one in a in a billion or um, where you really have a person that's that's just been doing since earliest days that one thing and yeah. are just pushing the boundaries of this whole industry. F- fully yeah. intrinsic. Fully intrinsic. Like that guy is still going negative with any of his main channel videos that he does because they're such ma- major productions. Like usually yeah. they're like net zero or sometimes even like, I don't know if you saw the, the Squid Game. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> like he basically reproduced Squid Game in like 35 minutes. At that that thing cost him. Um, I think he budgeted two million. And it cost like three point five million or something. Mm. Uh, like you don't you don't make that. It doesn't matter how many clicks you get. You don't make no. that that money in advertisement with one video. Yeah, no. Uh, so, but that's just great. Like just just because, just because, <laughs> because yeah, because he loves it. That's why he's he why it. he's doing it. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean, of course, it's also sometimes it, it it sounds unfair because there are probably some people listening to that and think, okay, um, I also like some stuff, but with that kind of stuff, I can't like earn a living, and that's yeah. completely understandable. Because if I, I don't know, I I like to run. I mean, I like to run a lot or I like to hike, but I know I probably won't make a living just by running or by hiking in the Austrian mountains and probably yeah. filming myself while doing it. Um, and maybe I could start a YouTube channel about running or hiking, but there are so many other channels outside who are doing that. Yeah. Then I have to find a niche. Why should someone watching exactly my channel? And that takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication, and probably you don't have so much time because after a few months or maybe a year, your money will run out. You have to maybe buy, pay, pay some rent. You have to buy some food, etc., yeah. etc. Et so um, I totally understand if there are some people and they like, yeah, that's fine, good for you, but yeah. fuck you. I don't have that because I can. And maybe they like their job, of course. And maybe they say, yeah. yeah, I like my job, but it's not. But they are still happy when they can get home on a Friday evening because they're like, okay, now I have two days off. And then it's like the typical Monday, uh, not again, which is also fine. Which, I, of course, sometimes I also, I also have the days that I go into work and I'm like, today is a hard day. I would probably love to stay at home. But it's not possible because I have to work. But I think the most important thing is that the good days 
outperform the bad days on a big scale mm-hmm. and not just on a small. Not that you have like three good days and two bad days. You should probably have at least four good days and one bad day. Better would be if you have like in three weeks, you have two bad days and the rest are good days. But yeah. that's not always possible. I think that's also something I learned um, just because you say something or you do something, everybody has a different um, perspective. Everybody has a different um, opportunity to do it. And there are so many things you have to calculate for that, that it's not possible for me to say, I do this, so everybody should do that. I just can say, I do this because I had this and this and this opportunity and I took this and this and this and that part. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why it worked, or maybe worked, um, but it's completely different for everybody, everybody else, and that's also something I learned, and I think that's very, very important. True. Yeah, there's a. I guess there's a there's a time for everything, and not there's not. How do you put that? Like, not every time is the right time if you have a desire to act on it as well. Uh, I guess there's also like some some calculation and planning setting yourself up that you that you can do stuff. But yeah, also no, it's not an imperative, right? Like you don't, not everyone has to do and constantly look out for for a lot of things to do on the side or for a passion project. Like for example, mm-hmm. last year, and I already had the had the podcast in mind. I had already recorded the first episode, like the first before I launched it. it. Took me over a year actually, like from recording the first episode to actually launching the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of months in between where I knew I would go to Stanford. So there wasn't an immediate need to to fill the time, and I also had like some some problems, like health problems with the eyes. So it's like in Austria, and I partly like for just not wanting to to stress the eyes working on the screens, but also partly because it just felt really good to do a lot, like very little in my day. Mm-hmm. I just didn't pursue anything major. Like I got back into sports and I. I worked out a lot, but apart from that, I've just really enjoyed spending time with the family and having a good social life. Mm-hmm. And this time was worth so much, like so much just to unwind and to think about life and to read good books. And I'm still so grateful. And I feel like I still profit from those mm-hmm. couple of months where I just didn't always look out for something next to do and where I didn't have to like for example, today, either get up in the morning or otherwise have to cancel stuff throughout the day because the days are just packed. Which is time kind of like expands because you you get you just don't have a cramped, fully cramped calendar. So that's also maybe something I would want to give uh, as an advice to my uh, younger self, like to reserve kind of time if you can, mm. or especially when opportunities like that offer itself. Like, for example, you switch from one job to the other or you switch from one study to the other or you have a summer break. Like, not always just to cram it full with all the things you 
you can think of because there's just so much of actual life you only get to experience when you don't have anything planned. Yeah. I, I really, I feel like this is a perspective that just isn't stressed enough because busy and doing more always seems to equal better. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, and it's also like a, in a sense, like a luxury to have that, fully worth that. But in my experience, that um, more doesn't always equal better. Yeah. Huh? And what is, what, what in your opinion is the biggest thing so far for you, which you got out of this podcast or which you learned from this podcast? And don't answer with the lovely people. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I didn't, I didn't have on my mind. And that's now a a factor for making time for it and keeping going is the act of creation. There's this really great feeling I get whenever I publish an episode. Just this act of I put something out there that I think is really cool. And I'm happy to share that with anyone in this world. Like completely for free. Doesn't matter. Anyone who feels like they enjoy that, they're getting something out of it, get to consume that. And this is really, really cool. I didn't know that this is a, like, I guess. Maybe I heard that a couple of times before from other podcasters or YouTubers or, or maybe also other people who are just like crafting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just never understood it until I was in that process. Yeah. And this really counterbalanced a lot of anxiety and fear about, oh God, what if, if people don't like it? What if it's not good enough? Because it's certainly a factor and it's still a factor I have now. Like this is episode. Yeah. 26 and I still think of that if it's like good enough and how can I do it better and I think that's also a valid thought but it shouldn't keep me from from producing more and one thing that counterbalances that is uh, is that act of creation that just gives me a lot of a lot of good feelings <laughs> mm-hmm. that's great that's why you keep keep doing it yeah I mean one of the reasons like how is it for yeah. you like you the the way you do your podcast is that you have like you you plan it in advance, right? Like you really do seasons where you have like a concept mm-hmm. and you you yeah. have like a time where you then record a lot of it and then like publish it over the next months. It 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 changed a lot over over the years because in our first season, and um, we are thinking about doing that maybe again because we really enjoyed it. I think the most important part of this podcast is that we as friends, so my podcast colleague and I mm-hmm. um, are like, like we are on the same, I don't know how to say it, like on the same wave. We have yeah. the same wave of humor. And if, we, if we're talking to each other, it's just always like most of the time nonsense, but it's, <laughs> it's in, our, in our mind, it's not nonsense. It's just, just fun. We just enjoy it. And that's why we like it so much because it's for us, it's just like a funny talk and we record it. But in the first season, we, um, we 
try to convince each other um, um, from um, conspiracy theories. Yeah, I so remember that. It always changed. Like um, first week, he tried to convince me of I don't know what was one of his. Does I think Australia doesn't exist. Um, the second time, I tried to convince him that um, the Nazis live on the moon. <laughs> and there are so many conspiracy theories out, um, out flat there. Earth. Yeah, flat Earth. <laughs> of course, we did that. And Nessie and 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 the how they called um, the the aliens, the the the, um, the lizard people. Yeah, the lizard people. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know. Who, whom I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know okay, so... Reptiloiden. Like, say again? Reptiloiden. In German, it's called Reptiloiden. Okay. I don't know. Gotcha. Reptiloids, I don't know. Um, okay. And then so in the second, like... second season, we, yeah, in the, we just tried to make um, like an interview podcast with someone about a special topic. But we realized that's difficult because... We have the same wave, but our interview partners also need to have the same wave because sometimes yeah. we had a like more serious topic, like an economic topic, for example, and the person who got interviewed wasn't on the like like this comedy wave. It was more like yeah. on the serious wave, and so it wasn't like um, synchronizing. Yeah. And now in the in the third season, we. We didn't have a real plan at first, and then we tried to make segments. So we took the whole podcast and um, separated into different parts. And why we are doing that is because we always wanted to do stand-up, so stand-up comedy. Mm. And we still want to do it, um, but we just put our main focus on the podcast. But we are trying to switch it a little because now we also... Um, we do it on, on video. So we have a YouTube channel and we also have a TikTok channel. And that was also something because you said that um, the thing you love about your podcast is the creation um, and the, 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 the thing of putting something out. And the first two videos um, we put out on, on TikTok was also because we, we were used to like in our first episodes, we had a few hundred listeners and then it was around 150, 180. Um, and the first two videos we put on, on TikTok, the first one had, I think it has now 60,000 views and the second one has 110,000. Nice. And, and it really went well. And then we also, now we're doing shorts on YouTube and we also have a few of them with, a few thousand thousand views and of course we do it because we like it but it's also nice if you like get some feedback yes. from the people and that's why we switch more in this comedy part with like writing each other cancel jokes <laughs> so we we are writing each other cancel jokes and the other one has to read it and <laughs> hopefully the person gets cancelled and that's what we are doing. And uh, that's what we are like cutting out for shorts because it's good to have like short segments. Yeah. Um, because nowadays I don't have to tell you that social media is like you have to get the attention the first one, two, three seconds. Yeah. And yeah, so we have, um, yeah, it's more like a comedy podcast right now. Um, but we also filmed some like sketches. We also did some filming in the, um, Austrian mountains. Um, in Styria, oh. 
near near to Gröbming. Okay. And he he my my colleague uh, he, he's called his name is Jonathan. Um, he is also he's very good at editing, and he also did some like really nice editing um, videos. Nice. And yeah, so everybody who's interested, we are called Alesene Dummheiten <laughs> on YouTube and on TikTok. <laughs> I really have to check out the YouTube channel. Like mm -hmm. it's been only since season three, right? Uh, yes, like, yes. We started yeah. with season three because we have, with the luckiest, we have uh, um, a small studio in his apartment. So there is a small room. It has 12 square meters. And we have there um, oh, that's so something cool. to sit. We have our microphones. We have the, um, the technical equipment and everything. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's... Yeah, you, you told me that you have all your equipment over in the studio. Yeah. That's, that's worth a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Thanks to him. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I can imagine that just by having someone else that you enjoy spending time with, like the process already gets like it's it's always rewarding. It's an itself. always process. That, that's that's the, process. the point. We I think we're most of the time we are talking daily on the phone. Whoa. Um about Sometimes not even about the podcast, just just some stuff we saw or just because we heard something or we oh. just talked about like, how are you doing? And um, of course, it's someone on, on holiday or he was now in, in Greece for a week. Then, of course, we're not talking every day. It's just then it's someone <laughs> a week off. So <laughs> go to Greece, whatever, do whatever you want. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but yeah now and also the preparing process it of course is different to yours because you have to like arrange yourself with yourself and with your time schedule but we have to like arrange it around our um, yeah. time schedule um but everybody has their like parts to do and so far we know that i have to do this part and he has to do that part yeah. and that's why it's it's getting easier because it's like um a cleaning plan in a in a flat where some stu where students live in like one has to clean the floor one has to <laughs> clean the bathroom one has to take out the trash and after a few weeks you get used to it and then you know okay i know my part and yeah. then it gets easier and the same the same goes for us okay gotcha yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense and yours yeah. like the as you said, like Jonathan really enjoys editing. Yeah, yeah, so and he's really good at it. He's he also in his free time he produces some music. Oh, and he. What is um, what is what's his name? What's his tag? I don't think that he has. He's he's the completely anti-social media guy. Really? He's like he's like a boomer in the body of a twenty-eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. Yeah. He also, I think, he hates young people. <laughs> That's why he's. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, I have to ask him. Maybe he has an alibi, and I've never heard it. But, um, and he also was quite interesting. He's very creative because he he produced a role game for um, like a Harry Potter themed role game. Really? So you need nine people. And I think we're going to play it this week on Thursday for the first time ever. It's like a premiere. Whoa. And he's like the game master and he's watching over us if we're doing everything right. And everybody gets a role 
and then we have to like do something. It's um, it's like a game where you play in a team against the bad person. I think the bad person, of course, is Voldemort, and so he created like a, like a, a game. So I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. How, so nine people, you need always nine people? It's like up to nine people? Um, I think you need at least, I think, eight or nine people. Wow. And okay. maximum is 10. I think uh, okay. between eight and 10 people, yeah. Damn. I'm really looking yeah. forward to hearing about that. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. live stream it. But I think I think he maybe he can um put a copyright on it or something. So she he probably won't live stream it because maybe <laughs> then he can maybe in a few years you can buy it in, in, in the store for twenty okay, probably with the inflation and everything, not twenty five euros, maybe <laughs> seventy euros, but <laughs> looking forward to the game. Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> oh Kickstarter, yeah, of course. <laughs> Great idea. He will kickstart uh, it. Yeah, that's good. Nice. <laughs> I will oh, pitch it to him, and then I get twenty percent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he sounds like a really cool person. Yeah, he is. He is. He's so very fun to have, like an old grumpy grandpa, but he's very funny. <laughs> you really like him. It's like you always like to come to him. You get some cookies, and you talk to him, and you like it. But he's still the old grumpy grandpa. <laughs> he he does come across in the podcast as an old grumpy grandpa, so. No, it's more um, off camera. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I I I think so. I mean I think so that I'm the same off and on camera, but he's more the off camera happy guy and off uh, on camera, camera happy guy and off camera mm. is more like I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! But that's totally fine. You, you were you originally stand up is stand up a big thing in yeah. Austria. Is that a if it is a big thing? Yes, mm. there's stand up scene because I, I never I don't to think so. A, I mean, you have the like the the well known and famous comedians, but they normally don't do stand up, yeah. they just do yeah. stand up if they want to test out their new program. Yeah. If they have some new jokes, they test it out um, at some bars in a like small free stand up tour. Um, and the other part is. Is really the YouTube and TikTok part. We have a few Austrian. Um, I I I want don't want to call them comedians, not because they're bad, but I think comedian and TikTok comedy is something completely different, because most of the things they are doing is sketches, and some of them doing them really well, so they're really good at it. And some of them also, I think they have a comedy program, um, but I've never seen any of them. Um, so I want, I don't want to compare them to like the typical Austrian comedians yeah. and these TikTok comedians, but they are good in their own way. Um, and I enjoy viewing their videos, not all of them, but of course, probably I also don't think that every of our jokes are so funny. <laughs> So no, it's always uh, you have your highs and you have your downs, ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that the scene is very big. But you have to you have to start somewhere. It's like with the podcast. Be yeah. In the beginning, you don't know what you're doing, and then you get maybe you get better at it, or you get more used to it, and you feel more comfortable. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, there might be more like perceived risk 
if you do something, you don't know if it's actually a thing, like if there's actually yeah. people that want to watch it. But looking back, often that's exactly where where you wanted to be, right? Like right at mm-hmm. the beginning, like being the first. And so, and I could see stand up becoming a thing. In Austin. Like, I don't know why it is such a major thing in the US and it feels mm-hmm. like almost nowhere else. But, but I, I really, I, if I watch the Austrian comedy scene and I watch the, and I compare, I mean, of course, um, the US has around 380 million inhabitants. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 330, 340. Okay, 330, As far as I know. But. Austria has 9 million. So, of course, there is a way bigger pot where you can fish yes. out good comedians. It's way harder to produce a lot of good comedians, which is, yeah, it's like, a, it's, it's simple math. Yeah. But if you compare it, there you have so many good and funny comedians and stand-up comedians, um, especially. Um, yeah. And I don't think that we have them in Austria. We have a lot of good comedians with a good program, but a good program is not stand-up for me. Stand-up is like a mix of, you have some jokes, but you can also interact with the audience mm-hmm. and you're like quick-witted. You have a... Uh, like a quick tongue in sense of if someone says something you can answer and it's hopefully funny yeah and you can hopefully um joke about the person's whatever um but that's i think that is something you got in the us which you don't which is not as big in austria not as gotcha not nearly as big yeah gotcha i'll i'll look out for that like i'm i've never been into stand-up also because like the american humor took me a while to get get used to stand-up comedians uh but i went to two comedy shows in the in the last couple of months when i was um, in california and then in texas and it was a lot of fun like that one of them like both of them were actually roast shows so uh, one of them was off stand-up comedians the other two they have like it's like called the tech roast show uh, mm-hmm. they're they're just touring through the big tech hubs in the US and literally roasting the audience. Like it's it's amazing. Like people I love that. Like, yeah. They just just ask people that they are like exactly what you said, like very quick with it. And holy moly. Yeah. It's it's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> but, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so I think the most important thing and one of the most important things in life is that you can laugh about <clears throat> about yourself. Yeah. And that's also because if you can laugh, laugh at someone else, you should also laugh at yourself or yeah. be able to laugh at yourself. And that's, 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 that's why I love these roasting shows so much because it's so much fun to see people get roasted today and they are not sure, should I laugh or should I cry? And they're like <laughs> in, in between, like, ah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I totally agree. Life becomes a lot better than you. When yeah. you can also enjoy um, your own shortcomings when other people yeah. make fun of you. <laughs> True, uh, man. Let's let's wrap this up. Uh, it was of uh, course. it was a lot of fun. Do you want to give your LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube handles for everyone to? Um, yeah, I mean, like I up? said, we we are called on every channel. If I if I do my. Um, uh, social medias for the podcast we we are called Elisene Dummheiten mm-hmm. which is probably difficult to spell for like English speaking people <laughs> because it's a 
German expression. Yeah, but for the German, I don't know how to audience. translate in English. I, I have no idea what's erlesen, um, um <laughs> translated in English. Um, Dummheitens like silliness or stupidity, stupidity. So um, I don't know. Maybe you can translate erlesen better than me. Apparently, or you can look it up. I just looked it up. Erlesen is exquisite. Oh, okay. So maybe exquisite stupidity. That's what it would call in English. It has a nice ring um, to it in English. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so too. I've never thought about it before. Um, so maybe we do uh, English English sometimes. No, we. I think we will stick German. But we call the Lesen Dummheiten on YouTube, on TikTok, and on Instagram. And yeah, I think if someone wants to hit me up, um, I think all of your friends on LinkedIn who have some questions you can i think you don't have as many as much friends um lawrence friends in your um contact list and you can find me with my headphones on with the picture of me with my headphones on and commentating so here you can find me on your friends list if you want to <laughs> reach out to me and yeah awesome last thing to say is thanks for the invitation it sure. was quite fun um with the the uh, which num um, episode number what is year twenty six? Twenty six. So you're doing every every week. Uh so yeah, the the plan is to hit one every week. Um, still trying to to reach that by the end of the year. It's like on average, I want to do like fifty episodes in the first year. Okay, Let's so you're nearly you're around six months now. Yeah, a little lacking, a little behind, but. Uh, Let's see. Tomorrow I have another one, so in the next couple. Oh, okay. Of weeks, I might, so I might I do double. To, yeah, yeah, double shifting. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> okay. That, no, it was um, quite fun. Thank you a lot. Sure. And, Anytime again. Um, enjoy your editing and the interview tomorrow. I will. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.